This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. No rest! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Keeping It Real with Young Wayne. You know how we do it. We mm-hmm. are here. Keeping it real, keeping it real. Yeah. You know, so today's episode, uh, it's more or less a flowers episode. You want to give some flowers? Get some flowers out. Hmm. And, you know, it comes from, you know, we were talking to April just now about, you know, the diff- uh, the Jasmine guy and Kadeen Hardison interview on The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. which I just watched and it was so good. Damn, man. Especially if you love the show and it's like these little things, like him talking about, uh, you know, with the wedding scene, how he like really had dude put a grip on him. Because it looks serious. When you watch it, you're like, oh, you really told brother. But he's like, oh, you sure you want me to do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to grab the shit out your arm. <laughs> and he just snapped. And just like him, when you watch it again, he's like so caught up in the moment. He couldn't even finish the vows lying. Mm. He's supposed to say the vows. Mm-hmm. Baby, please, baby, please. And how just in their chemistry... She knew, like, oh, he he don't okay. I do. Let me see. <laughs> um, but it's, it was that. It was uh, you know, uh, him being in love with Chris. So it was a, it was a lot. Um, and then also too, it made it, I, when I think about it, when I was watching it, um, even just to have Sinbad mm-hmm. on my show and become friends with him, and that's why I saw him, you know, from and even Don Lewis, mm-hmm. who became. You know, I went to go see um, Tina, and she played the mom yeah. on Broadway. And so, like, to go backstage, I'm hanging out with Don Lewis. It was it, sometimes I have moments where I'd be like, "Yo, this is crazy, right?" <laughs> like, and then like Kadeen Hardison like DM me maybe like a couple years ago saying mm-hmm. he wanted to work together. Oh wow! Have you guys a fan of my work? Have been able to work together Not yet? yet? It's gonna happen, okay. but like. It's all those little things where, like, because, you know, that was my first, like, the first celebrity and only celebrity I ever wrote a letter to was Dwayne Wayne. Mm, yeah. Glasses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was the glasses. It was the Jordans. It was the swag. He was smart. He was cool. He was funny. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be an engineer because of this dude. <laughs> That's crazy. I literally, for a long time, said I'm going to be a computer engineer just because of Dwayne Wayne. Yeah. But this is the thing. I wrote this letter. I was about nine years old. Okay. Now, when you write a letter, I thought I was writing to Dwayne Wayne and not Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> this is a true story. Because <laughs> that's his real name. I get the postcard back. Kadeem Hardison is on a motorcycle with a leather jacket and his leg up. Very sexy. I'm nine. I guess somebody, you know, they had people write the fan mail back. And I was dying. My dad was like, man, who the hell is this? I said, well, I was writing to Dwayne Wayne, but I, ain't, I don't know if he knew I was a kid. <laughs> he had his leather jacket on like this. With his leg up. Oh, my God. No glasses up. I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> okay, this is Kadeem Hardison. That's his real name? <laughs> they, don't, they don't have, like, the postcards for the kids and the one for, like, the ladies? I don't know. <laughs> he literally was on a motorcycle. <laughs> what? True story. That's crazy. I don't know, man. True 
True story. My father was like, man, what the hell is this? <laughs> Who did you write? Dwayne Wayne. Why is his leg up? Nancy, come here, look at this. <laughs> Who is that? I'm like, who is that supposed to be? Dwayne Wayne from different world? Why is his leg up like that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> his leg was up. He didn't have I his thought I was right, on. Dwayne Wayne. I said, dear Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but <laughs> it's a true story. Uh, but the show was so influential. I, I, you know, different world. Um, man, I honestly think it had more, and which is it goes to the Cosby effect again. Like Cosby, you know, developed the show, and that was you know one thing about Bill. And he, 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 nobody wants to get his credit no more because of all the other shit. But like, he was so important to the culture and introducing us to. Um, seeing black people and black families um, as really humans mm-hmm. and in success. You know what I'm saying? Going to college. Like, you know, one thing, they're interesting, Different World was made for Lisa, that was Lisa Bonet's spinoff. Mm-hmm. And she was, what, going after the second season? First season. <laughs> First season? Oh, wow. Season, yeah. Dang. And it kept going. That's how good the show was. Right. Well, Debbie Allen. Uh, Shout out Debbie like, Allen, yes. Yeah, she had a major, you know, hand in that. Debbie Allen is so brilliant. Uh, and that's, you know what I love about Debbie Allen? It's one of those things, people would love to put you in a box. They mm-hmm. could have just, like, she's just a choreographer. Right. One of the best directors of all time is Debbie Allen. It's crazy. One of the best directors. Man. Outside of like you don't think about you think about like fame and shows like Debbie Allen been a part of stuff like that's just like historic. Mm. Historic. Ah, oh, well, Dennis Allen. Who the hell is uh, Come on, brother. <laughs> he just came up with somebody. Don't nobody know Dennis Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, is an American as a dancer, choreographer, singer, songwriter, director, producer, and former member of the President's Committee on the Arts and Humanities. What? Man. She's been nominated 20 times for an Emmy Award, winning five, mm-hmm. two Tony Awards, and also has won a Golden Globe and received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1991. Alan is best known for her work in the musical drama television Fame, which me and my mom love that show. Fame! I want to live forever. It was, it was my show. That was before uh, my time there, brother. Yeah, but you don't watch anything. Like mm. I know you ain't say fame. They could bring fame back now, actually, now that I think about it. Um, look at that. Golden Globe Award, Best Actress. Tell it, like, look at this. No, nah, she's accomplished. A she's different world. She In the house. Look, look, look at it. Most notably, um, began working as director, producer on 83 of the 144 episodes of NBC Comedy Center, A so Different wild. World. And you know why she didn't direct more? Why? Because she put it in their contracts for the actors to say that they would either direct or write episodes. So, mm. Wow. Because she had told them that they would never have this opportunity again. So after they had hit, like, if you were on your second or third season, she would have it to where they would start putting it in their contracts that they would be required to uh, direct at least two or write at least two episodes. Dope. Wow. Dope. Cause, because, again... Experience, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, she's like the goat for that. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, that, yeah, I know they're doing it a lot now and yeah, today. Insecure does that a lot. I've seen that. Man, yeah, Insecure, that, Power, the, few shows. It's they, the it's the blueprint, and yeah. Debbie Allen kicked that off. Yep. Yeah. Wow. 
And that's why this episode is about flowers. We may mention, you know, it's, we may go through a random yeah. amount of people, but Different World was truly a huge influence on me. Like, for real. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, Dwayne Wayne's character. And it's like, for me, it's certain, it's very specific characters that I've emulated my life, my style, everything from. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wayne is one. And you're talking about a young kid wearing glasses. You feel a certain way. And then on TV, you got this cool black dude. Not Urkel, not that shit. Like, Dwayne Wayne was cool. Yeah, he was cool. I mean, the episode where, you know, he figured out that the, uh, the baseball player that he played with was, like, had that aggressive, rapey-ass attitude, and he went and saved Freddie was one of the dopest things I've ever seen. Hmm. But then it made you kind of be like, damn, is that how we're supposed to protect our sisters? Right. Such a powerful episode. Yeah. Different world has, so, I mean, look, Pac was on that. Mm-hmm. Fucking crisscross was, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It was. It's. It's so many episodes. I can't even describe outside of the stuff. You know, the love stories and stuff like that. We just talking about historically. Yeah. You know, which why well, I was Jasmine Guy was talking about her Whitley character and the stuff Whitley would say was crazy, <laughs> but she knew because it was an all black cast to show that somebody was gonna get it right or check it or had make sure the right thing gets said. Mm-hmm. But the code, but but what made that show great because you didn't need a Whitley. You needed Whitley to say that shit because it is that's that's just what it is. Hmm. It is cast that exists like that, right? Um, you know, I mean, let's look at this. Let's look at this cast: Lisa Bonet, original; Kadeem Hardison, Daryl M. Bell, who all oh, that episode with Dwayne, they get into that fight at the football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And that one just ends in silence. Nah. You know, after everybody heard, you know, started, like, you know, telling their stories. Mm-hmm. And the cop was like, yo, I'll march with it. I got a black wife. And then, you know, all of them understanding there's two sides to everything and understanding each point of view. And they come outside to see the somebody finish the spray paint with the ER. Man, that was crazy, man. Hmm. <laughs> um See, we got Daryl Bell, Cree Summer, who end up being the voiceover queen. Right. Every damn near cartoon you've ever heard <laughs> is her voice, like hit cartoon voices. Uh, Glenn turn. Oh, Glenn. I met Glenn. April was with me when I did that panel. You just posted that clip from the panel yeah. for Shirley Ralph, who congratulations just won it. Mm-hmm. A well deserved Emmy. Yeah. Um, who's been putting it in forever? You know one thing too. I always want. Like Shirley Ralph, Loretta Devine, um, who else? Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Um, the mothers. The mothers. <laughs> but I, I always want them to know that they're like I know the awards make you feel good, but y'all was already legends to us. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's why we keep. If you see what's happening, I say just with my friends in general. We reach we we reach back into these classic people to us. Mm. You know, when we did Carmichael show, Gerard had Loretta and David mm-hmm. as his parents. That was an on-purpose thing. My show, I made sure we had Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad. Quentin Shirley Ralph. Yeah. Issa, Issa had all types of people on her show. Yeah. Uh, who just, oh, I forgot. You know, I'm just recently passed and played the, the, the therapist. Yeah. Um, I forget her name. Past now. 
therapist on Insecure. Yeah, this take that easy, yeah. That's weird, it ain't popping up. <laughs> right. We'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, it, you know, Lena, the way she reaches out, um, I, you see it happen a lot. Like, when yeah. cats are, like, really, you know, even with, you know, shows like Atlanta, um, I think you got to show love to your OGs. Yeah. Denise Dows. Yes. Rest in peace, Denise Dows. Just uh, legendary. Um, let's see who else we got. Oh, Mary Alice. So Mary Alice, who played Liddy, was my dad's elementary school teacher. What? What, in real life? In real life, Chicago. Wow. That's why you look up a resume, it talks about that. Oh man. Her being a teacher. And he used to brag about that. He, was, he used to say she was really fine. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Alice was fine. You got Jada. Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. A different world produced so many. Look at this. Look at this. Marissa told me. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. There's so many amazing talents that, that came out of that show. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That time period was very special. There were a lot of. Black talent that were like coming out the end of the 80s, early 90s. The 90s was yeah. full of superstars. Like, I always tell people this. Like, I've been all the award shows, Soul Train Awards, all that. I, it just don't feel the same. It felt like it was way more famous black people. Right. And Because you still had like the new people, you had hip hop, the RB, you had the actors, actors, you had some of the older people who were still alive. Sidney Poitier was still there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, um, what's the couple? Uh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. <sighs> the couple? It was a couple. They, they did almost all the movies together. They played it. Ruby D and Ozzie Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they were all these people. Like if you watch those old Soul Train Awards, it looks superstar studded. <laughs> it looks better than any music show you'll see today. <laughs> and they were all there. You go yeah. to that after party. I can only imagine. I mean, you know, all the stuff I go to now, I'm like, wait, I would go crazy if I see Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston, Denzel Washington, uh, uh, Holly Berry, uh, 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 Loretta Devine. Yeah, like, they all were fucking there. Gerald Levert. But that's because you were younger and you looked up to that. So, like, what does that now look like? It ain't, to the, the next, said, it's, younger it's not the same, Wayne. It might not be the same, nah, but, bro. but you can't, that, like, if you ask your bro. son, or, you know, so ask somebody who... Judah would go crazy about the list I just did. <laughs> well, okay, maybe not These your are, son. We, talking about, we, we haven't produced legends in a long time. <laughs> to us. No, because it ain't happy yet, Wayne. So you're trying to say... The, the, Wayne, because we comparing it to the 70s and 80s, too. Well, we don't want to compare The 90s had a lot... Hip-hop is almost, I think, helped take it over the top. You know what I'm saying? Cause you had the rap, like it was so much, and you still once again you still had all these people still alive. I'm saying I think you gotta hear what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Everybody was there. Right. I hate to say this now, and it's gonna sound fucked up. The way everybody's dying so early, we have to keep producing new motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And there's a lot more that's out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like with streaming, all these different services and stuff. 
you know, before, you would literally, that's why even, like, on that interview with Breakfast Club, while they were saying it was such a big deal that they moved their time slot literally from 8.30 to 8 o'clock, that 30 minutes made a difference because now they're competing with Martin. Hmm. You know, and I don't even, DVR wasn't even a thing. You mm-hmm. talk about the early 90s, let alone streaming it. Right, on demand, yeah, you had to wait. Yeah, so, like, you had to actually be there for those moments, but now it's like, yeah, you can see it anytime. You can see it anytime. Right. Yeah. Man, that's so crazy when you think about that too. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't understand why they were even or even like thinking about why they were like, okay, so they moved the show to eight o'clock, so what? But <laughs> you had to be there. Dude, you had to be there because you had to watch it then. That's what I mean, you go go back up real quick. You see you think about Fresh Prince. Hmm. And at that time, these the networks was really competitive. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about, like, well, we do all the 8.30, do this at 8, so black people watch whatever they want. No. <laughs> they wanted to split the audience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Fresh Prince was NBC, and then Martin was Fox. I mean, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, guys. What a, that show. And to see, to see Martin and, and Will doing bad boys, you know, Dude, coming together. That had to happen. They were the two most popular people on television. Mm. And you also saw the influence that Martin had on Will. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Martin was the funny blueprint mm-hmm. at one time for everybody, including Will Smith. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything became how, <laughs> how Martin delivered stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Martin became... Um, man, he was he was the blueprint of comedy. And you know what's interesting at that time? I remember my parents didn't like Martin. Mm. Cussing too much? No. Nigga wasn't cussing on network TV. No, no, Wait, network TV. I thought you, you meant like in Martin no. comedy. It was no, death comedy it wasn't stand-up. It was because it was too silly to them, oh, okay. which was weird to me. Because mm. I'm like, well, y'all like, uh, you know, <laughs> Sanford. I mean, but Sanford and Son was silly, but but Martin was just goofy. It was just right. so, but we all thought it was great, which it, it made sense because yeah. you got to remember the Cosby Show. All that stuff was still on at the same time, yeah. and so it was an age demographic, yeah, of who watched what. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And but Martin was like, you know. I can't even describe it. I think that. it was for like the people in the 20s, man. You had the girlfriend, you had the friends. There was no marriage on there. You know what I'm saying? It was for everybody from, cause we were, I mean, I wasn't in my 20s yet. But it was well, no, not saying. Young and fresh. It was just young like and fresh. 227 or <laughs> like whatever. I'm, I'm saying for whatever his parents, they looking at it like, you know, this is too silly. Like, there's, there's no marriage. There's nothing saying, on here. Compared to mm. like a 227 or a Sanford and Sons yeah. or like any of those types of shows where they do kind of cater to, mm-hmm. you know, like the Jeffersons. Like, these are grown people with yeah. like kids and Yeah. Well, that's what I used to have to include kids in those shows, right? To like try to get the... I mean, the Cosby Show did that. Yeah, yeah. family they, they included everybody. So all of us, whatever age you was, had somebody you related to on that show. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so that was very strategic. Martin really just, Martin just like, yo, we, we, we're catering that, that hip-hop audience. Yeah. You like hip-hop comedy? You like Def Jam? You're going to love this fucking show, Martin. Mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest pilots I've ever seen. <laughs> The energy after that. That's back in the day when they used to show the pilot first before they picked up the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really? Yeah. It'd be like a sneak peek. And if the audience fucked with it, like, all right, cool. Like, did y'all like this? Give them 25 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, crazy. give me a break. Man. You remember that show? Yeah. Neil Carter, right? Neil Carter. Come on, man. I know a little bit. 
what's happening. But give me a break. This is why this is important. <laughs> you know, Black Woman Lead, mm-hmm. sitcom. Do you see that cast? And they went through a they went through a couple people. Cause the 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 white dude who played the dad died. Oh wow. And so they had to like almost reshift the show. Mm-hmm. So only two people is to get paid in cash. Wow. Nell Carter and Red Fox. Mm-hmm. The networks was giving these niggas cash. 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 Red Fox only hustle shit. Nell. <laughs> Now it would. I'm gonna tell you something. If you do watch the documentary, it's gonna break your heart because it's gonna be things you didn't know mm-hmm. that I didn't know. I didn't know she was on drugs. I didn't know any of that. Man. And she, she she had a drug habit. That's why she used to get the cash. But she was still able to pull off all this stuff. Like she went through a lot. Actually, it's it's sad because of just how gifted she was. But all her, she had a lot of trauma. And that's another thing too. When we talk about the '90s stars. I feel like, I feel bad. Like, now that where I'm at, I'm in this industry, I wish I could have been friends with a lot of them. Mm. Like Whitney Houston and, and and Luther Vandross. Like, a lot of them couldn't live their truth. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, it's it's sad now that we know, like, all these stories. Mm-hmm. Like, when Patti LaBelle talks about Luther, how he didn't, want, he didn't want his mama to know he was gay. He didn't want his audience. He just felt like everybody was going to hate him. Mm. So he couldn't be who he wanted to be and died right Right. without ever you know what I mean somebody who gave us man man classics man just a brilliant guy that's a lot of his voice is unrepeated we they people Ruben Studdard was close but you can't Luther's voice sound like an instrument I don't I don't remember Ruben Studdard being close but I, I hear what well, you're he saying. Well, he sang a couple of the songs. That's how he won American Idol. Yeah. Wayne, well, what the fuck was you watching? <laughs> I mean, Ruben Studdard, Luther Vandross. I just Vandals said close. Crazy. I just said he sounded exactly okay. like, bro. All Jesus right. Christ. All right. Who the greatest rapper of all time? Lil Wayne. Yeah. Jay-Z See, and Lil fuck Wayne. Fuck out of here. <laughs> so like, J- it's Jay-Z like, yeah, won, yeah, Lil yeah, Wayne yeah, won, won B. No, 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 no. It's not close. No, that, 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 it is, that is the truth. No, no, it's not. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, we want me to talk about LL Cool J and all. Yeah, nigga. And Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane's not better than Lil Wayne, okay? As a what? As a what? As not a lyricist. What are you talking about? I mean, y'all are giving flowers. Give flowers. Oh, yeah. the flowers go to Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is Lil Wayne is different, and we all know that. It influenced influenced the game. Now I know you don't even care about the people then, but he looked at Jay Z. So give Jay Z his, and he took that from the south, from nothing, made it to the top of the game. Ran it for years. Gave us Drake and Nicki, amongst others. That he influenced, that he don't make any money off of. Okay, so that's look, a great. I'm giving flowers to the Lil Wayne because it is a. It, once again, it was one of those from the mud stories. Yeah, right? absolutely. I, I look at it's certain people. I look at Lil Wayne, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. LL Cool J, Dave Chappelle. A lot of these cats were really young, mm-hmm. and they consistently. LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, like child Kobe, stars. Kobe. Kobe. Um, yeah, they were child's, basically child's That's team tough. star. That's tough. And so was able to maintain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lil Wayne. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Lil Wayne, you know what I love about Lil Wayne? This is real talk. You didn't expect it for real. That's what I'm saying. You like, talking about the niggas with the, the cash money, niggas with the yeah. teeth? <laughs> yeah, and right. the youngest one in the crew. One of them going to be a great, yeah, juvenile the best rapper. Yeah. That's how they got, That's what everybody got thought, done. Right. Yeah. And then Wayne just came, just, he got better. Mm-hmm. He, he, he became a student of it. A student he of got it. Better. A student of it. Mess with Cameron, your boy. Going out there in New York, taking a little bit of that, taking a little bit of this, and making it. Man, I, I, I can go on forever about this one. So No, I think that's a great point. I think we forget, too. Yeah, you we know, do. like Lil Wayne, he he's so dope. He actually. <laughs> I love when black people could be whatever they are. Mm hmm. Lil Wayne started, we know he started, what's the cash money, shirts off, this, that. <laughs> now he just rides skateboards and shit. Yeah, he finally get to live that he life. He can live that, that he like, that's a beautiful thing, yeah. actually. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. That's freedom. That's that's all, I, that's all I've been trying to say. Thank you, man. 39 now. 39, he'll be in a couple days. That's crazy. Yeah. That's he been put it, and then like, you know, that's so funny you bring up Wayne. And that look, I, I want to give flowers to L.L. Cool J, who I think. Oh, absolutely. I think he's the GOAT. Okay. And I love a lot of Nas is my favorite rapper, mm-hmm. but LL just based off his consistency in life, <laughs> like him and Queen Latifah, like to me they are the poster childs of hip hop, mm. and what you can do from that opportunity. Yeah, they've created brands. Look at and look at look these. At, look at the name because people sleep on hip hop. Hell, let's go back to the top. Oh, look at look, look at the last one. That's great. This is great. That's that is beautiful. Great. That's beautiful. That hip-hop is amazing. Has produced. Think about Snoop Dogg, instance. Shout out to Snoop Dogg. Shout out Snoop. Gin and juice. All that shit. And now he's doing Corona commercials. <laughs> ah, yeah. Shows of Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Them Corona commercials. But I'll say this. You know who we should give props to? MC Hammer. Mm. Everybody talked shit about him when he was doing all these advertisements and commercials. Man. They're like, man, he's selling out. Now everybody doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, MC Hammer's a sellout, man. He can't. And then this thing about it, he's actually still one of the most entertainer, entertaining entertainers of all time. Right. How am I put on a show? <laughs> uh, we got the same birthday. I didn't know I had the same birthday. You got the same birthday as MC Hammer? <laughs> wow. <laughs> is MC Hammer? <laughs> okay. Wow, that's a rapid fact. That's dope. People are like, you know something? Mama, did you know you had me? <laughs> on MC Hammer's birthday? <laughs> She's like, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. K, touch this. <laughs> Too legit to quit. <laughs> Too legit damn to damn, quit. Damn, hey, damn, hey. Damn, damn Too pants. legit. Man, he did a song called Pray. You gotta pray just to make it today. That's why we pray. Pray. Oh, yeah, we pray. Now, what I like we, how simple this stuff was. Oh yeah, we pray. Now what we, do we got found to out? pray just to make it today. What do we That's why we pray. Kirk time Franklin, and time and time, time, time got his stuff That's from MC Hammer. If Kirk Franklin was inspired by MC Hammer, he probably was. Probably was. hundred percent. Yeah, That's crazy. You know Kirk Franklin. Is, <laughs> he definitely had to be inspired by MC Hammer. <laughs> Kirk Franklin kicked off the butterfly collar shirts. 
<laughs> for the nineties. No shit. Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin is one of those people that that made gospel. Well, I say before we get to him, mm-hmm. the Clark sisters mm-hmm. are like what broke gospel into mainstream. They got in trouble for that. When they performed at the uh, was it American Music Awards, they caught it. This is one of my favorite biopics I've ever seen. It's the Clark Sisters. Who uh, who aired that? Uh, Lifetime. Yeah. Okay. So good. It wasn't long enough. It should. It could have been. It could have been long, but it was still great though. Yeah. Angelou Ellis should have gotten nominated. Well, not not won and nominated. Hmm. I don't know why she wasn't. Uh. But the Clark sisters have created, it's a sound, like you think about some of the R&B groups from SWV from like all of those 90s, uh, yeah. like the Clark sisters was the sound. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The way they blended their voices. Uh, <laughs> and then you know who people sleep on? I was just getting deep. Mm-hmm. Walter Hawkins, right? Walter Hawkins. Walter Hawkins. Gosh, wow. Yeah. I'm like... Obsessed with Walter <laughs> because his music had so much mainstream sound to it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think by mistake, I, no, I, I think I was listening. Oh no, that's what it was. I was watching one of those TV one specials about Walter Hawkins, and then I fell into a rabbit hole and like got all his music. When I tell you the music was so soulful, I knew pimps had to be riding to Walter Hawkins. <laughs> pimps. Because it was just soulful. Like, it's yeah. a soul called Tri uh, Christ that just sounds soulful. Type of Tri Christ. He from Oakland. Oh, yep. So, pimps. Yeah. 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 Real, you got that one right on the head. He's from Oakland. Just That's play it real quick. Listen, how to start. He just started gospel at first and they get real cool. I was rolling to this one day. This white dude was like, What are you playing? <laughs> I love that. It's like, uh, try Christ, Walter Hawkins. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> and they going to smooth it out, man. <laughs> and they sang. When you could hit a p- in, a, in a microphone, <laughs> they were singing that at church. There wasn't no studio. <laughs> These one of these songs, I'm gonna send a Gerard to send a Kanye. Right. And that's happened. It's a yeah. couple songs I told Gerard to send a Kanye that made it to. I, I ain't wanna brag. It should be the double. I just got truth. Because he'll sample it and redo it. He do this with Sunday service. Oh. And this is a family. The Hawkins family were like the Jacksons, man. This one it was nothing but families doing stuff. My my family had a family. The Hatch sisters. Everybody had the sisters. The Hatch sisters. Every city had something. They get to church to church. Oh, the Hatch sisters here. What happened? Did they ever get smoothed out? Here it comes. There you go right there. Oh, here it comes. Wayne, you ain't got no patience, boy. I was waiting for the smooth to come it's out. about to smooth out. It started smooth out smooth. Out. Here it comes. <laughs> Why this reminds me of Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> okay. What the? Oh. What the? <laughs> Who dropped that beat? And this wasn't no sample. This they're singing this. Yeah. 
Those are drums. Like some Freddie Gibbs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, oh wow. Man. The horns are going. Say to you. <laughs> you can pause it. Walter Hawkins and the Hawkins well, family. It's a gang of songs that, so I ended up, this is when they were still selling CDs. Matt was working at a. Matt, shout out to my brother Matt. When he first got out of jail, we got him a job at this clothing store with our friend. And next door was some random dude that used to sell like all these, the, the original CDs. So I bought like eight of them. So I was rolling down the street playing this for weeks. I still do. I jump at that G-Wag, I play Try Quest in a heartbeat. Because it's smooth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, and that's what I like. People like Walter Hawkins. Not only was the music smooth, he his church was more open than any other church. It's about gay people, everything. Mm-hmm. When other churches weren't doing that, right? He was like, "No, we letting everybody in." So his music reflected that. Songs like "Changed" and just classics. I remember they did a big uh, one of the um, what's that gospel? It's gospel awards. Uh, Stellas they. They had a tribute for him. He was when he was still alive, and it was just beautiful. To my Kurt Franklin, all those guys, it was just crazy. And so, like you know, you got guys like, and I'll say this: that's another influence of mine. Like, that? When I fall into a deep rabbit hole of people, Walter Hawkins, Willie Hutch, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people. Don't, Willie Hutch. Here we go. The movie The Mac. You ever seen The Mac before? Yeah, Richard Pryor, right? Yeah, the mm-hmm. whole soundtrack is Willie Hutch. Wow. The song I choose you. That sample, that's Willie Hutch. Dang, Willie Hutch. Wouldn't and that's it? on the Mac soundtrack. Hmm. The scene he's, he, let me tell you something. When I choose you, come on in a movie. That is when Goldie is basically doing his pimp shit, trying to convince his girl to be, you know, his shibbity dobos. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and that's when I choose you in the back. That's where I choose you came from. Mm. And it's with the big fight we have with him with other pimp. Your bitch chose me. You know, it's from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene. You know, as a matter of fact, I want to see that thing. Look up <laughs> the Mac and just put, your bitch chose me. Hey, bitch, come here. <laughs> Shut your motherfucking mouth, come here. <laughs> Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. You shade tree nigga. <laughs> you ain't no pimp. You're a rest haven for hoes. <laughs> You're a car thief. A car thief. The one you got out there is probably hot as a firecracker right now. It was $35,000. $35,000 cash money? No, I get $35,000 plus one, right? The one I gave. No, you gave me six, though, right? It was one. I had one. It was six and a $35,000 plus one plus six plus seven. $35,000 and seven, right? Motherfucker, can you buy that? <laughs> what? <laughs> he just beat this nigga for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Call a stray. <laughs> Go get it, Bob. Bring that bitch here. Freeze, nigga, you wanna die. I mean, come on. You never seen this before? No. <laughs> I know dude look like for real. Have any of you ever seen it back before? Nah. What? <sighs> April? No, but I know I know about <laughs> Pretty Tony. <laughs> dude. 
I know about Pretty Tony and being like a pimp or whatever. It's one of the it's one of the most it's the greatest. First of all, these niggas couldn't even do no other movies after this because it looked too real. This he Max Julia only did How to Be a Play, I think, <laughs> something like that. Because you couldn't do that. Like, what do you play after this? Every, yeah. movies don't get the credit that they deserve. Oh, no. Nah. Especially <laughs> this one. The Mac had the best soundtrack. Willie Hutch wrote every song. I choose you. Now, see, this is what people got to fast forward to Willie Hutch. The Glow from Last Dragon. You seen that? Uh-huh. You never seen The Last Dragon? Bruce Leroy? Bruce Leroy? Oh, I've seen parts of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, the song The Glow, that's Willie Hutch. Hmm. Willie Hutch out here, man. Willie Hutch has created, the, like, he wrote for, like, the, like, the the best Jackson Five is I'll be there, right? Mm-hmm. The Willie Hutch version of I'll be there. Mm-mm. Don't do this. Is the greatest version you oh, ever God. hear pimped out? Just real quick, type it up. <laughs> Willie Hutch, I'll be there. Other than I tried to get this play at at my wedding when me and Verena got married, uh-huh. and my uncle and auntie was like, "You're not playing Willie Hutch in this church," and I was pissed. You are tripping. I wanted her to come down the aisle to this shit. So his version is better than the Jackson Man, because he smooths it out. It's grown. <laughs> hey, because he's going to smooth it out. Here you we go. turn it up. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. Holding on to you, baby. I'll be there. I'll be there. Mm. I'm about to send this episode to my daddy. He's like, (laughs) Man, I'm not singing this part, this version. <laughs> Man, Michael Jackson is pissed. First of all, pause it. Michael Jackson was singing grown ass songs at a kid. Like this was written for an adult to sing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you go back and listen to a lot of Jackson Five songs, Michael, like, come on, baby. You're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Give me a kiss, honey. <laughs> you <eight. laughs> Come on over, honey. Woo. Well, Mike. He kicked that ass of that song, but Willie Hutch, man, shout out Willie Hutch, man, yeah. Died rich. I was so sad because I up, once again I fell into a rabbit hole of it. This is one of the only movies or documentaries I want to make. Is Willie Hutch mm. because he made all these hits. He wrote all these great songs. Like if you just once again if you do the research on them, it's just a bunch of stuff. And you know, movie soundtracks that go down in history. You know what I mean? All right, give him his flowers. Willie Hutch. And we talking about, I think because he did a lot of black exploits, like you just said, they yeah. they don't get enough props. I mean, that's what, when they did Dolomite Is My Name, you nobody realized how much Rudy Ray Rush changed the game. Mm. He he actually did what Tyler Perry did. Tyler Perry said people shouldn't be qualified to do it. Damn, Tyler. Should be the devil. Rudy, Rudy Ray, you know, and so like Willie did the same. He did a lot of those movies, Foxy Brown. He did the, the music for a lot of those, all those soundtracks. And I think that's why he doesn't get enough props as far as a, the genius songwriter musician he is. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, he didn't die broke. Right. Hmm. 
and then was able to come back with Last Dragon do the glow. Give him his flowers, man. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you know, I, I love how we giving all these flowers to people too. So how do we? We how need do, to give flowers. Here, how do we right? pivot? I mean, I want to go with uh Bill Russell. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bill Russell. I mean, how many blacks were playing at that time? Well, you know what makes him even fascinating? I don't even know if it's about what he did on the court. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, off the court. It it was off the court along with, like, a lot of his on the court, off the court stuff was all the same thing. Mm -hmm. He played in Boston, fans. (laughs) Bill Russell played in Boston. Right. Kaboom. Mm -hmm. You know, so therefore they, you know, they gain a love for, you know, a black man. In he's that he's way. seen it all too, man. Like, yeah. Bill Russell met everybody. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Dr. King, like Mary Jackson, hmm. Malcolm X. He knew he met every he met everybody. Muhammad Ali, like everybody. He was the guy they had to talk to. Right. Yeah. And that's the time when athletes extremely wasn't they wasn't getting paid as much. They took a huge risk. Mm-hmm. Standing up for a lot of the things they did. Right. I mean, Jackie Robinson, all these guys were all like the same clique of cats. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, we just lost Bill, but Bill was, he was one of the staples, man. Mm-hmm. Great basketball player, but even greater humanitarian. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I want to get props to, while we're giving flowers, you know, recently we lost a couple comics, which has been. Oh, man. Oof, been tough. Teddy Ray. Oh, man, Teddy. Uh, so funny, just funny, and it was so weird for me when he passed because I literally just went into a chocolate Sunday's rabbit hole. This gonna sound eerie, watching him, David Arnold, hmm. and Howie Bell, who's still alive. Howie's not gonna do it, <laughs> but I was just I couldn't stop watching their sets. Right, I was sitting at the crib just like in tears, laughing. Mm-hmm. Like Teddy talking about watching the news. When COVID, when I talk about who's gonna get COVID, it's the funniest <laughs> shit. <laughs> Teddy Ray, man. Teddy Ray Chocolate Sundays. One of the most solid cats out here, man. LA. Um, we worked together all Dev Digital when I first got out here. And man, I, I, when I saw it, I, I called April. I said, yo, Teddy, Teddy super, died. Oh, super text LA. You. Yeah. I, I, I was, man, that's my man. Yeah, Super LA, right? I was, I was supposed to. I was supposed <sighs> to die first. Well, I guess I did play that one. I think that's it, though. This one? Yeah. A lot of comics. Pretty Ricky came out here, hella hype, nigga, just hella act out. Mm-mm. <laughs> I do chill outs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be hella chilling, nigga. I know y'all can tell. <laughs> I low-key blue weed smoke on half of this audience tonight, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> One appreciative high ass nigga. I hate when people think just because you smoking that they should be smoking. <laughs> like, I love everybody, but nigga, no. <laughs> we still fresh out of COVID, nigga. Like, and I don't even know if we out of it yet. Niggas is just. Back fucking raw, just living life. <laughs> I seen niggas kissing in the mouth in the club the other day. I was like, okay, we there with it again. <laughs> I ain't seen that in about a year and a half. 
That pandemic had me fucked up. Like the top of it, nigga. Turn up this. They was like, obese niggas is gonna die first. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. With every news station, I just kept clicking. Obese niggas. Obese niggas. (laughs) (laughs) CNN. Obese niggas. You can't turn it. Telemundo. Obese (laughs) niggas. <laughs> he didn't even speak Spanish. <laughs> 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 Damn, they all talk about watch out. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> For how long? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't had no real plan, nigga. I just can't scramble, nigga, and drop a hundred. Scramble. You know how Usher used to do his chain and just throw it around his body and dance? <laughs> That's how I wish I could do my body fast. <laughs> <laughs> and just moonwalk away from it, nigga. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Let it melt on the ground, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like how you covered your mouth even though you got a mask on. That's very respectful. <laughs> Take notes, everybody. <laughs> you a nursing student? You you do something important in the world. What you do? You a programmer? What? Analyst? <coughs> okay, that sounds like some cheese. What that? A little bit. Analyzing programs. <laughs> My GED had to break it down when she did, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> nigga be telling me that job. I'm like, okay, okay. Do, 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 do. <laughs> you a janitor. Like, <laughs> you balls. Oh, shout out to Teddy Ray. Man. Fucking brilliant comedian, <sighs> actor, and just like, you know. Just himself. That's that's what made it him yeah. really interesting. Like he, yeah. and he's so L.A. His oh, cadences, his yeah. verbiage. Yeah, L.A. Like Air, L.A. <laughs> what up, nigga? <laughs> Good dude. Every time I saw Teddy, it was always love. Mm-hmm. Every time. Dude, he he, and it's just weird because it's just you know he's so young. You know? Right. Like, shit. But. You know, you know, tomorrow ain't problems. We all know that, which is why, like, it's important to leave an impact. Yeah. And you only hope that he felt like he got his flowers before he left. Yeah. And that's what I feel about David Arnold, right? Yeah. I saw y'all text exchange that you posted. Man, dude, it was yeah. it was so crazy because right before I went to shoot the special, he hit me up mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you, you, you the blueprint now. You <laughs> leveled up. You know, Chicago Theater, da da da." And I'm just like. I just watched your special. It was fucking brilliant. What are you mm-hmm. talking to me for? Like, I'm trying to be funny because mm-hmm. you were just hysterical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always look at David Arnold and Chris Spencer, shout out to him, mm-hmm. almost the same people where they're the unsung heroes of comedy. We're not just talking about LA. We're just talking about stand-up in general. Right. Who some of the best comics you think are the greatest, they go to them two dudes. Yeah. So if you get a compliment for any of David or Chris... Man, that goes a long way. Yeah. And David just was, 
And it's tough even more because me and David became cool during quarantine. Mm. Like, we were cool, but we started talking. Right. You know what I'm saying? And trying to figure out how to work together. But it was always a love fest. You know, and honestly, I couldn't wait to send him the special. Mm. He was one, of, literally one of the people on my list. That I was, I, maybe a few people I let, let watch it and Early. give me their notes. Yeah. Him and Chris Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Spencer. And some, it's almost eerie, too, in a way. I was watching his, the last special. At the end of it, it just turns into a documentary yeah. almost. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it in my trailer yesterday, actually, or the other day when I was before I left uh, set. And I'm just like, damn, I'm glad you did this. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because like people get more of your backstory. But that brother, man, he earned, you know, not only just his comedy wings. He's one of the best to ever do it. He was a teacher. Yeah. You know, um, and I really shout out to his his wife and his daughters and his mom. Um, really close to his family. Because doing David became popular during the pandemic because it just him just mm-hmm. recorded with him and his family. It was mm-hmm. it's just hysterical. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just and shout out to all the, the comedy community that's hurting because of that. I went to dinner with my friends last night. And we went to dinner because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. We just like, and last night was the f- most funniest love fest. Hmm. It was Jermaine Fowler. Uh, we didn't get both Lucas brothers, which is sad. Just one Lucas brother. Lucas brother. <laughs> uh, Josh <laughs> and Hugh. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it was just crazy. We were sitting there talking about, you know, talk about Jack a bit. Yeah. Um. Talked a lot about Kevin Barnett. Kevin Barnett. Just funny, funny, hysterical story. Yeah. I don't know if I've laughed that hard at dinner, but one of the cool things, and I hope everybody does this with their friends. When we were done, everybody got up, said, I love you, hugged it out. Even while we was talking, we was like, damn, this shit ain't. <laughs> and for us, honestly, as a group, it's been kind of traumatic the last few years. Mm-hmm. So we were all talking about that, like, it's been fucking traumatic, right? But when I tell you we laughed so fuck, I like, I've realized how much I miss those guys. Cause we could just go, me and Jermaine, especially if we just doing <laughs> tag teaming on some shit, it's just tears laughing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's always gonna be the core of, of all of us is, is the laughter. Um that, that's how it started. It started through the comedy, and you're always having that. And it's dope that y'all took that picture. I don't know how important you thought that. The picture was important. Yeah, I guess. That y'all took, because sometimes we forget to take the picture. I mean, we don't. A lot I know, of well, first we don't of all, take. I, I know you care about a fucking picture, because. But no, I'm just saying. You, you know, kept complaining about not taking a picture with me at my special. <laughs> I don't know if I was complaining. They kept asking me, though, you should get a picture. You should get a picture. I was like, well, I should nah, get a picture. Nigga, that ain't what I heard. Who, what? The other day, like, man, Wayne really wanted that picture. He can't no, it no, up. they, wanted, he, they what, wanted me to get the picture. I promise you that was it. Like, Wayne, really? Because you know what's funny? When I was leaving set <clears throat> and everybody wanted a picture in, my, in the Santa suit with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I don't like all the fanfare. I kind of be like, it's a rap on real. You don't have to do the whole, it's a picture rap. I don't, I don't really like it, actually. I just want to go. <laughs> uh, this is what they loved about vacation friends. I just left. I was like, all right, that was cool. Take care, everybody. When they were like, all right, y'all, it's a rap. I'm like, you know, if you don't have energy for that, people don't know if they want to clap for you because you make it a weird face. Like, y'all don't have to do this. Uh, but I was leaving. I was taking pictures with everybody. And, um, you know, 
I realized like, oh, these are moments, mm-hmm. you know, and you just want to take all these moments in, you know, like it's, it's, I mean, I think about, you know, Wayne and, and you and Dave, Dave Hello, mm-hmm. cousin. Yep. You know, Dave is one of my good friends. Proud of him, T. Murph. You, yeah, cats, you know, it was cats I was rolling with in Chicago. I remember Dave was being picked on mm-hmm. for driving me to shows. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't drive because my license was gone at the time. That's real. <laughs> Straight up. Mm-hmm. And so Dave was taking me everywhere. Dave Hellum. And comics, he's like, oh, you just rail chauffeur and all this other stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I like the fact he was like, fuck them. Because <laughs> all it did was, it just made us close. Mm-hmm. He became a better comic writer. We became great friends. And now he's he's writing on rap shit. Yes, he is. And guess who called me and asked me about him? Issa Rae. <laughs> I, I laughed when she called. She brought his name up. And I was like, why Issa calling me? I'm like, you know Dave Allen? Like, yeah. And so it was easy to be like, nah, this, you know, it, it's... Those those full circle moments to me mm-hmm. of when you work hard, yep. you're not begging for a hookup. I mean, my cousin Rashid is the same way. Killing it. Yeah, killing it. And, but it, I'll get calls like, yo, Rashid, I know she's good. She's, I'm like, nigga, you got to hire her. Huh. Why wouldn't you? She's great. And it ain't, they're only calling me because they're thinking about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you did that on your own. Yeah, you got to get in the door through the, with, through the work. And, like, you're not just going to put anybody on. You got to actually believe in them. Well, I think that's what I love about the relationships with it is certain people I can call and we all will talk. Like, sometimes on the group text, you know, the group text is like Quinta and Jermaine and Sam, Jay and Che. And, uh, we'll be like, what directors is good for this? Hmm. Who would be a nice producer for this? Who like and, that, and that's how you pass information. I don't think everybody does that. I think, like, the generation before us, it was like the 90s time, I think, when they started spreading the wealth. And, and you think about what Debbie Allen did and stuff like that. And then it went to a halt where everybody wanted to be the on-top person, the mm-hmm. number one person. You know, there's no reason why we haven't seen. Now, look, Harlem Nights was first, right, when we saw that Wu-Tang of comedians. <laughs> right, everybody was Then Friday time. did it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. first Friday is full of comics. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I don't know if we've seen it again. Maybe some of the uh, scary movies, maybe? No, it still yeah. wasn't deep. Because yeah, mm-hmm. now, honestly, we have even more, we have legendary comedians walking around. Yeah. You know, I love when I have talks with Jamie Foxx. Me and Jamie all the time trying to figure out what we can do together. I think we may have found something. Hopefully he say yes. Okay. But, you know, that's another dude I got love. Jamie Foxx. Amos Flowers. Man, he's super famous. Yeah. He's like famous, famous. It's hell. But when I tell you, me and Judah was watching, um, uh, uh, what's the, so. Cartoon. And I just, I just text him like, hey. Me and the kids watch it. So we got, went away to Big Bear. And so my cousin, uh, Brittany and Judy, we watch it. So I text Jamie. He FaceTimes me while he's with his family. Oh, wow. To thank us for watching it. Hmm. This dude's super funny. Why you? Why did I, damn, brother. He's like, oh, man, thank you so much. Like, you know, 
Jamie's another, he's a giving guy too, actually. Hmm. And I think he's gotten better at it. Because he's he's the plug, bro. Yeah. I think he's the most talented human being on the planet, honestly. I'm talking about not even just acting. The brother can sing, act, do stand-up, throw a football, play <laughs> basketball. Like, he's like a great human being. <laughs> like, like, man, you might be one of the greatest humans ever created. <laughs> he's one of the most gifted people ever. Yeah. You know, and and but he's a humble guy. Yeah, I was listening to Michael Blackson talk about how Jamie got him a show on BET, but then he ended up not doing it with them and went to Tyler Perry, which is crazy. I mean, that's what happened. Mm. Yeah, he was talking about it was a Breakfast Club interview. So, but Jamie sat on the call and told them, "Give him a show, give him a show. This is my guy." Yeah, yeah, no, like doing that on Zoom, and it was amazing. But then he went with Tyler Perry. What did he say? He went to Tyler Perry. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Jamie Foxx, <laughs> you know. Great storyteller, first of all. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you ever get a chance, like, and I, I say, I have my moments on my fly on the wall where I hear some of the greatest stories I've ever heard. Like that Any Given Sunday story, mm. if you hear it from everybody's perspective, you got Jamie, you got Bill Bellamy has a version of it, you got LL has a version of it. Hmm. And it's crazy. Like, piecing it all together is like, you, this is fucking insane. <laughs> it is all, everybody got a little roast in their shit. Because <laughs> Bill tells it so funny. Like, I guess because I don't want to tell nobody else's story. But at one point, and Jamie talked about it on stage before, but not all the detail. But I think at one point, Jamie was really being Willie Beeman. So he rolling in Ferraris, doing all this. Bill was like, one day, he'll start doing the same thing, like literally getting the same exact car, but pulling up playing his own music. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah, like for real. Like, I was like, what? Uh, and it was, but that that heated exchange was real because LL got into character. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was a, it's a crazy. When I, when Jamie tells the story, any story actually, anytime you come with Jamie, you catch Jamie Foxx at catch. Let me tell you something. You ain't going home for like six hours. Hmm. You already had dinner. He pulls out a boombox. Whatever the fuck this big ass speaker is, and his own liquor—I forgot what it is—is whiskey. And now we, everybody's gone out for the restaurant, just us. I'm like, you ain't gonna kick them out. It's like two thirty. <laughs> Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox, man. <laughs> like he, like brother, you are famous. Yeah. Uh, and but name, shout out to Jamie Fox. He named all stuff you good at. I give it to him. He's amazing at ping pong, man. I I don't get it, but whatever. Dude, the brother threw a football. From one side of the court to the other side, in the rim. What? Yeah. Shit. Like, who the hell is this? I mean, you look at his high school pitch. He was most popular. He was like uh, captain of the football team. He had a Jerry girl. (laughs) He was one of the dudes that was popular in high school that's supposed to be Jamie Foxx. Right. He might be the only high school dude in history that was popular like that. That actually stayed that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that actually stayed that way. I'm saying he know who he was, and that's why he has the success. Give him his flowers, man. Great dad, great brother. Lost his sister to COVID. Man. Who was, she was a fireball too. Hmm. She really was. Like always was excited and had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, Jamie's just Jamie. I appreciate him, man. Um, Foxhole, remember that? The, uh, Sirius XM? Man, of course. Mm-hmm. That was that's before podcast was a thing. 
And Fox the, was the shit. Remember the uh, remember the comedy joint you did when we went to L.A.? It was 2010, 2011? Yeah, I did that. I was part of Laugh... Jamie Foxx used to have a comedy festival in Atlanta called Jamie Foxx Laugh Palooza. Mm-hmm. That was where I, I was... Who saw me first there? HBO. That's where I met Miss Pat. Mm-hmm. Wow. Carlos from 85 South. All of us who knew. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Nigga did a festival of the land. That shit used to be a When I see the <laughs> blackest comedy festival ever, it was like a comedy party. Now, what was special about that, I could tell you a moment real quick. Because of that festival, the way I ended up doing Chicago, I became like, you know, and when you could say first thing you saw this when I like the way I did jokes and those, had those nights, did all that man. shit, and became the man in Chicago. Man. Jamie Foxx, uh, old manager, uh, damn, I forgot his damn name. I can't remember either. Uh, um, he did a, a panel. And he said, yo, and I'm like, new, I'm sitting there, I got my notebook. He said, look, this is the best way to become a star. Learn to be the shit in your own city. That's it. That's it. That is that is Marcus King. Marcus, Marcus King, King said, right. be the man in your, your city, city first. Yep. yep. And I remember you if told me. If you can be that. a star in your city first, you got this shit. Yeah. I wrote that shit down, yo. Mm-hmm. Came back to Chicago and was on some takeover shit. Man, sold out jokes and notes multiple times at the night. Well, I was still hosting riddles at the time. I just knew I needed to be the most popular nigga in Chicago. Yeah. And I seriously did that. Mm-hmm. What that do with, Wednesday? With no, with no permission. Because <laughs> I think that's what ruffled feathers at first. You know, a lot yeah. of older cats I'm friends with now, but at that time, niggas wouldn't fuck with me. And when Mary made me house yeah. MC. Mm-hmm. And put me on the wall. Put him on the wall. Bernie Mac. It was all, all the legends and Ray, I mean, Rails, I mean, but that at that time, but, people, but people Mary, were confused. Shout out to Mary Lindsay for having that vision. You yeah. almost it almost put pressure on me. <laughs> I like shit. I gotta be. I gotta get it. I'm on a fucking wall. Yeah. They didn't paint me on this bitch. Yeah. It was dope. Fuck. I gotta. Nigga, I gotta make it. <laughs> Some niggas like this bullshit ass nigga on the wall. <laughs> it was funny. That's how I thought about it too. Because I'm like, oh, I gotta really. Yeah. If she thought, and I, I'm telling my motherfuckers was pissed. Because mm-hmm. I got on there before some OGs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robin Harris. It was Robin Harris on the wall. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Monique. Monique. Red Fox. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that that wall was George still there. Wilburn. Yeah. Lil Rail. <laughs> ten years ago? Shit. Yeah. This year. Yeah, about ten. But it was up there till she closed the club. Yeah. And they the club who got it next painted over all the pictures. They should have kept that shit. Yeah. Even though it turned into a club club. But like, why would you wanna it ain't gotta be a comedy club to have right. legends up there, nigga. Yeah. Dumb yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> uh <laughs> I wanted to cut them all out. I couldn't get a piece of it. Right. I ain't got a paint over it. That was fire. It was dope. But it was one of those, but I'm telling you, it was literally a moment of, and let me give flowers to Mary Lindsay. Yep, absolutely. Mary Lindsay owned Jokes and Notes. She also owned All Jokes Aside, which was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. When comedy, black comedy started taking off in the 90s, it was a few clubs in the country. Her and Raymond Lambert. Her and Raymond Lambert did All Jokes Aside. So wherever you came from, you came to All Jokes Aside to do your thing. Mm-hmm. Martin, all of them. Yep. You had to go to all jokes aside. Yeah. Bernie, Steve, Sid, hmm. DL, DL, all jokes yeah. aside. Legends came out of that. They closed the club. She came back again with jokes and those, which was for my generation. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've made my yeah. 
Yeah. I guess now legend that. Yeah. And it's weird thinking like that because I just taped my special in Chicago. You know, Chicago Theater, both shows, it was bananas. Packed. Crazy. Man, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, it was, it was bananas. Oh, my God. But I couldn't even, like, you know, when y'all see it, and I kept yeah. it in there, I couldn't even finish the set. <laughs> I was done, and I was trying to talk, but I was so overwhelmed with what it looked like. Hmm. I told my therapist this the other day. And I was, it was such a weird emotional ass therapy session. <laughs> and I'm like, dang, I had a moment while I was standing there. And for maybe 12, 15 seconds, I saw my mama standing there. Mm. And I was and that's why I couldn't talk. Mm. I was trying to tell, tell the crowd. I just stepped back and everybody just stood up and was cheering. I just left. Yeah. I couldn't even say shit. It, but it's, it was such a full circle moment of. You know, you just think about everybody that helped you get to a place, and you come back home. You remember the moment, the moment, I think the second show I was able to articulate, I, I put both of them in there, but okay, yeah, we used to walk past the Chicago Theater, school supply shopping. Hmm. We took the Madison bus there, me, my mom, my dad, and my brothers. And so we would walk, and I would just stare at it. So the moment I had where my name was in those big ass lights, huh. and it's a line around the corner, my uncle called me like, "Hey, Doc, you know, pass, you know, pass is tough. Hey, <laughs> I ain't know you was this famous, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you pretty famous, huh, Doc? <laughs> and I'm like, it was just surreal. You know, I had crucial conflict open it. <laughs> Incredible." I ain't had no comic opener. I did some old school shit. I wanted to look like, you know, shout out to Eddie Murphy and Richard. They had musical acts. Like, you watch Richard Pryor's uh, Live on the Sunset Strip. Patti LaBelle opened that show. Mm. They was going, when, when they started taping the spell, people were getting back to their seats. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> that nigga just went on stage. And then Eddie had the buzzboard, the one, two, three, four. Boom. No comics. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, this was made it a concert film. And it was tough because, you know, I got friends that was their openers. And I met my director, Ali Leroy. He was like, but real, it's, we kept it real. It's like, yeah, these niggas can open it, but do it, would it help their career? Mm-hmm. It's about you. All right, cool. So, you know, lights went out. Nobody knew Crucial Conflict was there, so, you know. <laughs> Chicago went nuts. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and they put, I, they put I on the show. Them. Man, dude. They put on the show. I hit them up like, man, <laughs> I had a, I was at a, I forgot what bar I was at in Atlanta. I was somewhere and I, everything came to me. I was like, oh shit, Crucial Conflict should open. Mm, that's crazy. Who was I talking to about that? Like, Crucial Conflict should open. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. And then, ooh, I don't want nobody bringing me on stage. Mm-hmm. I want a chant. So then I called Trufa, who did um the song. Which song did he do? He did the song for the for the, for the show. The I'm about to say for the show. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I need a chant. I needed to sound like Hova. Oh, remember yeah. Hova did that? So it's real, 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 real. And then I that track because I was kind of inspired by Beyonce. The house music, ding, 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 ding. And so. Man, to do all that and throw that on there mm-hmm. with the rail, it's pitch black. When the lights went up and I'm just standing there, the crowd went crazy. You're giving a great preview to the special. Um, 
That's all I'm going to give them. <laughs> man. That's but, all I'm going to give them. Because, you know, this, this one of these things, I didn't have time to to do this set. And you know what's funny? I'd rather talk about it on my podcast than somebody else does. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I didn't... Um, <laughs> I, so I never rehearsed the set. I didn't know what I was going to do. I freestyled that whole special. Oh, boy. HBO was frightened. I can admit to it now. <laughs> I lied to y'all. I did not have... I said, no. I never did it. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't have time to. Shibbity double. You saw how great it turned out. Leave me alone. But I freestyled that whole set. I just flew in Rito, Brown, and Jay. Yeah. They came not to write with me. I just wanted, I kicked everybody out the dressing room, but then I let them too, and just riffed with them. We mm-hmm. just laughed. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted that energy and then just went out there and had a ball. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about doing that is I can't take nothing back that I said. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to like, so... I, I'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers with this, but hey, she be the double. Oh boy, mm. I had to ruffle some feathers. I had to pay for some music. <laughs> I, it's gonna be. I think this is my raw. But when it comes out, do you get a date yet? I know the date. Okay, he know the date. I ain't gonna tell y'all. I yet. can't say it yet. All right, mm. we but, can put it in here maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all right. But it was dope, man. It's, Incredible. It's it's, it's it's gonna be. It was just epic, bro. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm proud of like just being able to do it in my city and without fanfare. It was just, it was, I'm a weirdo, man. I don't like a lot of people backstage and yeah. all that shit. So I was even, I'm, I was even tighter this time. Yeah, it was real tight. I mean, my manager went to college. I told the security dude, don't let my manager in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's outside the door. Like, That's what they want to do. Like, yeah, I want to talk to you right now. I want to just focus. And then the yeah. suit I got made, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I looked at just I just typed in Bobby Brown and just picked one of his outfits he wore when he was hot in the eighties <laughs> and got the same exact suit made. That's crazy. <laughs> Bobby Brown. I literally typed in Bobby Brown. Hit Charlize up, who, who you know mm-hmm. did Juice and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Custom made the suit. Only one suit had that. And then I found some shoes that matched it by mistake. I was in Chicago. It's a spot, some grocery store called Jewels. So I let it go to. They got good wing Well, you got your shoes from Jewels. Crazy. No, I didn't get from Jewels. Oh. <laughs> I got it from, ah, uh, damn, it's one of the stores that's popular over that way, too. Ah. Uh, which, which Jewel? Hold up, man. Because I was trying to figure out which store it was. It's like the one on Roosevelt. And it's like, because they built a mini mall over there. But I don't even remember the store. I only had to give them a shout out because I paid for it. So it ain't like. They deserve it, but uh, <laughs> I went in there, and I, looked, I was like, I brought shoes with me. You know, I got a bunch of shoes, but I'm like, nah, these ain't the shoes. Man, they had these rhinestone black with red bottom shoes just sitting there for 49 I bought some airbags that was 90 some dollars. Them shoes that looked like they cost $1,000 yeah. was $49. Yeah. Those are my special shoes. <laughs> Literally. That I bought the day of because I was wanting some wing zings for lunch. <laughs> and I bought my red bottle blingy shoes. Blingy. And that made the outfit. $49 shoes. They look, they definitely look like they cost $1,000. But it would cost $49. That's crazy. $49. Hey, man. You ain't got to spend all that money, man. Man. What? And But then it was, once again, I mean, the suit cost what it cost. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, the shoes better be $49. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, once again, all those details, attention to details is, you know, and I'm, once again, I'm glad I said it on here first. 
what's what's gonna make it special mm-hmm. in the material. It's very raw, you know. I mean, I guess I, guess I can say the title. The title's gonna be. I said it, y'all were thinking it. Mm. And so, <laughs> shit, we need elbows. It's, it's just gonna be interesting about like who who's gonna know I'm talking about them and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very specific about some people, but like certain things <laughs> are literary. I mean, the joke I do about Judah is so funny. Man, you, you did your thing. It came from an honest place, and um, I was just talking. Yeah. That I mean, that's that's what makes you great for the people who don't know. This is what you've done your whole career. This is what you've gotten to you gotten you here. People just think the man just hopped in movies, auditioned movies, like no, nah, it came from the stage. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about years and years of this shit. The stage is where it all started from. And you know, but that's what's interesting about when you start you start elevating in this and you like see your heroes. Mm-hmm. But now you rubbing elbows with them. There it is. To the point, it's like, all right, cool. When we gonna do this movie together? Right. Yeah. So giving those flowers, I mean, yours, yours. If you you get some now, mm. but after the special, I think the special. I think a few of the movies coming out. Yeah. Um. You know what I just shot at Santa Claus. I think that's gonna be mm-hmm. something I've never experienced. I think honestly, I'll say this to anybody listening. Like I know with me in my life. Every little bit, every few years or moments, I start I start feeling the upgrade. Mm. I almost get anxious about it. And I, was, I remember talking to Dr. Shamina, my, my therapist. <laughs> she was like, why are you so anxious today? Mm. Yeah, you're real. What's up? She just That's all she said. Like, what's up? You good? I said, like, I don't know. I've been feeling like this for like a week now. I've been like, and then we started breaking that down. And we had a full circle moment again. I don't always go back to therapy, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, where one of, I remember one of our beginning sessions, it became me being comfortable with uh, compliments on my looks. Right. Because I wasn't, I didn't believe nobody that would say anything. Mm. Because I, like, 12 year old me built this shit up where it's like, man, you're a nerd. They always gonna think you're funny looking. So just be funny and be cool. That's how you're going to get girls. That's how you're going to be be cool. Right. So then when I started getting, especially when Danella started, like, you know, she'd be like, oh, you're so fine. You know, she's like, <laughs> But then at some point, I, like, I embraced it. But it was through that therapy session first where, like, I had to revisit 12-year-old me and say, hey, man, you actually became the cool kid, which goes to Dwayne Wayne. Mm. So I became the cats I thought was cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I had to own that shit because I didn't at first. And then we come back even more than that. The anxiousness came from, all right, so what if you become one of the greatest to do this shit? <laughs> Who to say you can't? Who to say you ain't? Right. You, you, I mean, you're kind of showing off a little bit. <laughs> and so it, it, it started from that. And then I, like I've, and then everything, I always go back to my mother. So she will always say this to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, once again, I've never talked about this, but the moment in therapy when I really sat down to think about this, and then I started remembering stuff my mother said to me. She was like, always calling me handsome. Even when I like had my big glass, like, Mom, I look crazy. And she's like, Well, you're going to be handsome. You're handsome now, you know. And then I remember we was at church one day, 
And he used to be a lady that was like my uncle's. You know, you know how the church nurses <laughs> give us orange juice and shit and water? <laughs> and she had pulled her to the side and was like, you know his name is going to be in lights, right? Hmm. She's like, who's not? She's like, Terry. You know, that's what they call him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, he's going to be huge. He's going to be a star. And so when she went, I remember my mother telling me, and it wasn't like she was telling me like, this is what this lady said. She was like, yo, your name's. Uh, sister, I forgot her name, was like, you're going to be, your name's going to be in lights, you're going to be a superstar. And then she said it again without mentioning her, like, your name is going to be in lights. Hmm. And so I remember that. I was like, why the fuck do I care about the Chicago theater so much? Hmm. So I had to She always spoke everything into me, and so I I only leaned on her believing that shit. Mm-hmm. So at some point, I had to believe that shit. Right. And so everything I executed was n- not even knowing I was doing it, hmm. was based off what my mother said would happen. Yeah. Yep. She spoke in it. She speaks it into Dude, you. it, it happened... I remember I got teased at school one day. I came in, I was crying, I was hurt. Mm-hmm. And she said, someday these same people talking shit to you going to chant your name. Wow. I was wondering why the, why the fuck did I want this real chant so bad? Mm. Wow. So when I was in therapy, that's when all this shit was broke down. I'm like, oh shit. All I did was execute what my mother spoke into me. Mm-hmm. And now I have to believe and own that shit. And so I do now. And I remember calming down in the session because I, I did start anxious. And then I sat in it and stopped being afraid of who I was becoming. You know, it's greatness in all of us, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even more than giving flowers, that's why, you know, I give it to my parents. Hmm. And so that's what, when I stood on that stage and I couldn't talk, I thought about all that shit. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, I like thought about that shit. That's real. So yeah. when I, I literally looked out in the audience and I saw my mother for a brief moment, and then like, when I went backstage and I loved Danella, she came and she gave me a hug, she could see it. And nobody bothered me, they let me have my moment, like let me, give me a second. And it was just like, damn. Um, this is real shit. It just felt like I I remember like just sometimes just holding my mother's hand and just looking across the street. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that's who God blessed me with as my parents. Because mm-hmm. they spoke that shit into me. So, you know, flowers to Nancy Ellen, how are you? I think that's... <sighs> man. Yeah, it's deep. I think that's how we end that episode, man. <laughs> flowers. That was a HeadGum Podcast.